Hello, and welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting on episode 34 of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. So last we left off, it seems like uh, the Elric brothers had sort of wandered their way into the lion's den, albeit unexpectedly. Major General Armstrong is not messing around, not even a little bit. So it seems that Cart Driver's ominous warning is now coming into play here. Edward very nearly got all kinds of frostbite because he's basically got, you know, bits of metal touching his skin. You know, that that really uh, brings a lot of questions into play here. You know, if Edward was going to get frostbite, what's the deal with the other guy? So ultimately it seems like he's just got, like, a special alloy that comprises his arm. So normally, one would think, you know, sharing information like this wouldn't mean too much, but Buccaneer here is rather, uh, guarded about his secrets. And it is okay because he's a state alchemist, in theory, but, you know, he doesn't seem to like it particularly. Oh, yeah, this comes to bite Ed right in the behind. You know, he didn't tell Winry he was heading up north, so she couldn't tell him that he would very likely get frostbite on his uh, shoulder and leg. Yeah, you know, it really seems like Ed didn't do really any research before getting here. 
Especially considering how he's, uh... I don't know, like, he's not being a very gracious guest. I mean, I feel like in his situation, the best thing you could really do is, like, try and get along with the, uh... The people in Briggs. You know, they're not exactly hospitable, but... I mean, if the alternative is being killed on sight... Oh dear. You know, I was about to say something like, this is the first time we've seen the Major General be, like, kind of human. But the fact that they've sort of mentioned that, you know, oh, your brother's doing just fine. You know, she seems to bristle at that. So the issue here is that what the Elric brothers know is very sensitive. And, you know, understandably, they don't want to just blab in front of everybody. But at the same time, you know... Only the Major General is, like, the kind of person who has the clearance for this sort of thing, if anyone would. But, you know... They're really not doing themselves any favors. They're just looking kind of shifty by whispering amongst each other. Like, I get they don't want to mention this stuff in front of the rank and file, but there's not going to be much choice if things start to hit the fan. Alright, so it seems like the Major General has a pretty good assessment of what's going on. You know, the Elric brothers basically leave destruction in their wake so they can, uh, GTFO. Now this is actually an interesting development. You know, it's the fact that they're sort of searching for Alcahestry that sort of stays the Major General from kicking them out into the cold. She's of the opinion that, you know, the more you know, the better. So you can basically use it as a weapon against Drachma and make their job that much easier. And, you know, that makes sense. It would make sense to try and incorporate as much knowledge as you can so you can better defend your country's borders. She does make the pretty reasonable point that the Elric brothers are sort of like from down south where, you know, things are far less perilous. So, you know, they don't know what it's like to live right on the border of enemy territory. Man, she really is just operating on survival of the fittest. You know, she will find Mei Chang. The Elric brothers can just sit around, but they're not really sitting around, are they? No, as a matter of fact, they're being put to work, because in the North, if you don't work, you don't eat. And perhaps the worst part about all this is that the Major General's really astute enough to know that the Elric brothers aren't being totally honest. You know, there's something else going on here, and she will almost certainly not like it. Now, Edward's doing, um, 
what I feel is probably inadvisable by asking other people what secrets they are hiding. This guy's hiding a pretty, uh, pretty big secret. You know, he'd escaped the Ishvalan War of Extermination. You know, one would think that he might be a suspicious character, but considering that he's a major... He must have acquitted himself in some way to put himself beyond all suspicion. You know, I feel like this is a case of asking questions you really don't want to know the answer to. Because the Elric brothers, having learned the truth about what happened in Ishfall, you know, it's heavy stuff. And if they're presented with more evidence of what had happened... I'd imagine they would not be too happy about it. Edward seems to be in a bit of a foul mood considering he's like talking back to this guy saying, you know, Nishvalen killed my friend's parents. You know, like both people are kind of talking past each other. Edward's obviously not responsible for what happened, nor is the major. Fortunately, I guess for all involved, the Major finds this to be a refreshing response, you know. People normally look at me with, like, a mix of pity and sadness and guilt and all that, so, you know, that somebody would sort of mouth off to me as a refreshing novelty. You know, I'd imagine he wouldn't suffer it too much if Edward's gonna just cop an attitude at every turn, but... You know, at the same time, he's basically treating him as an equal, which, you know, that's just generally speaking a good thing. You know, I have to wonder if Briggs is sort of like a post for outcasts, just because the major here was sort of stationed, and then when all the war broke out, he had been here ever since, under the Major General's command. So I have to wonder if that's sort of like... Where all the, uh... All the weird people go. Because I doubt you could really... Put him somewhere else with a commander who is... Less focused on survival of the fittest, you know? The Major General strikes me as the sort of person who doesn't care about your heritage so long as... You are focused in like a laser on the mission. You know what? There we have it. You know. Armstrong says it herself. At Briggs, you know, we're guarding the border against a powerful enemy. We do not have the luxury to discriminate. You know, we need every able body we can get.
Man, you have to wonder how the conspiracy would have taken root if Armstrong was in Central or something like that. You know, she seems like the type to root out corruption and weakness and all sorts of stuff like that. If she were in station up in the far north, I'd imagine... Either she would be running things far more efficiently or everything would be in ruins because she's too stern. Wow. You know, that is something you do have to worry about in northern climates. Icicles falling and hitting people. Like, I've been hit by an icicle before. It, it was a small one, to be sure, but, you know, it uh, definitely hurt. So, here we have it. This is the unfortunate task the Elric brothers are assigned. You know, knock all the icicles off... Well, everything, basically, you know, so it's safer, so it doesn't freeze pipes and stuff. So there's a little bit of good and bad here, you know, yes, they've found one of Mustang's former subordinates, but unfortunately for him, he appears to have been sort of relegated to, uh, grunt work. Poor guy. I mean, I guess if nothing else, he knows his way around Briggs and can help the Elric brothers where other people will be less inclined to. So this is the interesting thing about Fort Briggs in my mind. You know, it really does feel like a real place where there's all sorts of mechanical equipment, gigantic pipes and stuff like that. You know, I'd imagine that being in the north and being a uh, permanent fortification, you'd have to take a lot of things into account. You know, transporting in water and fuel for the motor pool, foodstuffs and stuff like that. There's a whole lot of logistics that go into things, and since it's so far north, I'd also imagine heating would be a, uh, a gigantic task. So speaking of gigantic tasks, we are finally getting to take a little bit of a closer look at Sloth. And uh, this poor homunculus, he's just sort of been like digging presumably this entire time. He's none too happy about it, obviously, if he is in fact Sloth, you know, the lazy sin. But I guess uh, Father inspires enough respect or fear to get him to work tirelessly. So now things get interesting. Kimbley has been heading north, and that report has just come across the Major General's desk. As far as she knew, he was rotting in prison, but seeing as how he's been released and now he's here, uh, the plot's getting probably a little too thick for Armstrong's liking. 
you know, doubly so now that Sloth is just sort of like collapsed a section of the floor and clambered up into the room. I mean, it's readily apparent to the Elric brothers that he is a homunculus and therefore very, very bad. But nobody else really knows what he is or what he's capable of, and I'm sure that'll very quickly cause all sorts of problems. You know, given how hulking this guy is, I'd imagine small arms fire like pistols and rifles aren't going to do too much to him. So I feel like this is a bit of a mistake here. The Elric brothers are sort of trying to appeal to Sloth. And in doing so, I feel like they're uh, they're playing into that trope of like guilty knowledge. Where the criminal in question says something that only the person who actually committed the crime would know. Oh dear. So all those suspicions of uh, espionage are coming back into play here. Because you were talking, you know, with uh, a reasonable tone of voice to this creature. I mean, the whole accusation of espionage is a bit silly, considering you just tried to crush him with a pipe. You know, I feel like the bigger priority would be killing this big doofy guy and then interrogating the Elric brothers later. You know, perhaps uh, Buccaneer is just a rather bellicose soldier and that uh, Armstrong would have a slightly more level head. But I get the feeling that she's going to want an explanation before she so much as risks anyone. Yeah, this is really a comedy of errors. Sloth has just sort of accidentally activated the lift bringing him deeper into the fortress and causing a bigger problem. You know, he seems to be heading, like, right into the motor pool, and I'd imagine there's all sorts of volatile items and equipment, such as fuel and munitions. Definitely not a place you want to start firing guns. I mean, definitely not a place you want to start a fight at all, for that matter. Man, bless the Major General. She's not messing around at all. She fires that anti-tank weapon with little to no hesitation. Unfortunately, you know, it doesn't really do much. Sloth seems to be incredibly durable. So much so that anti-tank weapons really just kind of stagger him briefly. Yeah, this is really not a good situation. I feel like the best method of doing anything here is probably like burying Sloth under rubble. Yeah, Armstrong's not playing around at all. They're powering up those tanks, and she's ordering them to remove the fuses from the shells, meaning they're firing live ammunition, you know, like actual warheads here.
Man. Unfortunately, that shot really only grazed Sloth and sort of, like, tore off his cheek. It really doesn't seem like everybody's grasped the, uh, the precise nature of the threat here. So, I mean, like, yeah, Sloth is shrugging off tank shells with not much effort, but... You know, the Elric brothers aren't exactly clamoring that, you know, hey, he's a homunculus. It's gonna take a little bit more to put him down permanently. I find it interesting that the tank shells are just sort of bouncing off of him rather than penetrating wholesale. So yeah, you would think they would at least, like, blow a big hole in his torso or something. I guess that really speaks to how tough and durable Sloth is. Because I can't help but think that if you fired a tank shell at any of the other homunculi, they'd be blown into bits, or they'd have a big old hole punched through them. So this is the problem here. You know, Edward has said, that thing's not gonna die. But now he's gonna have to spill the beans. You know, Ed, at this point, you should really just spit out the answers. You know, just saying, I can't answer that really only makes things look worse. Especially if you're adamant that you are not a spy. Alright, so this is why I really like Armstrong. Despite getting all these inadequate answers, her final question is, Are you on our side? And because the answer is yes, she's willing to help. That's all it really takes. And you know what? That's admirable. You know, if it's very clear that the Elric brothers are on their side and that thing isn't, then, uh, this means war. You know, if tank shells don't work, if guns don't work, if missiles don't work, then I guess, uh, burn it to death. You know, old reliable as it were.
Alright, well that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. See you, Space Cowboy.